0: 7.45 on a Saturday morning means it's time for another wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Benvenuto. Welcome back home. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I'm still absolutely relishing my memories of the Piedmont. Uh, That area, it's been a long time since I was there, and I had forgotten how absolutely exquisite the natural beauty of the area was. You know, Piedmont translates P.D. Mountain, foot of the mountains, and that's what it is. It's up in the northwestern corner of Italy, and uh, those rolling hills, as I said last week, some of the vineyards they have to harvest with pulleys and ropes. They're as steep as the vineyards you see in the Mosul uh, in Germany. Uh, it's just incredible, and the wines they're producing, the the revolution in the wines is just incredible. They're making some very, very good white wine and white wine blends in that part of Italy. And, you know, as I told you, what a what a shocking statistic to me. They have more Michelin-starred restaurants in the Piedmont area than we have in the entire United States. That is a, a shocking statistic, but uh, the food there was just unbelievable. And, you know, unlike what we think of as Italian food, Poyenta is perhaps the Biggest thing there, kind of a corn mush that they make, and they put everything imaginable in polenta, and the same thing with risotto. Those are more northern Italian foods than pasta and tomato sauce and that. In fact, it's very hard in uh, the area around the Piedmont to find much in the way of tomato sauce. Not that they don't have it, they do, but I mean, it isn't a typical thing you'd get on the menu. And like I could say, the food was just Totally and completely extraordinary. One of my favorite dishes is veal tonnata. That's where you take a very thin scallopini of veal, and you make a sauce of tuna fish, mayonnaise, and anchovies. And it may not sound wonderful, but let me tell you, it is wonderful. That veal is is a dish to die for. And then after I spoke to you, we went on to the truffle fair in Alba. Alba is kind of the main city, if you will in uh, the Piedmont. Actually, I guess Turin would really be the main city, but Alba is the agricultural heart of uh, the Piedmont, and uh, we were there for this white truffle festival, and if you've never had a white truffle, I'm telling you, you're in for quite a treat. They are absolutely extraordinary, very, very rare. You know, truffles are kind of a fungus, a form of mushroom, but they grow underground, and they use dogs to hunt them. They used to use pigs, but the pigs unfortunately ate about half the truffles, so now they use dogs who are happy to sniff them out and dig them up, and really don't care to eat them. But to show you how expensive they are, at this truffle fair, I saw a truffle that was about the size of a baseball, a white truffle, and the price on that was twelve to thirteen hundred euros. That'd be about fifteen sixteen hundred dollars for a truffle that size and I guarantee you, a truffle that size isn't going to feed a whole lot of people. So it's very expensive. They're very rare. And of course, this was not a great year for truffles because it's been so dry in the Piedmont, and uh, truffles need a little more moisture than that. But the Truffle Festival uh, goes on all week long, and then the truffle season really runs through mid-November in the area. So there's Uh, truffles in the area, and like I say, if you get an opportunity, a friend of mine had two fried eggs covered with white truffles, and he thought it was one of the most wonderful dishes he'd ever had in his life, and in my opinion, the best way to have truffles is just uh, shaved truffle over pasta that's been cooked El dente, that's, you know, to the tooth and not real uh, heavily cooked, so it's not really mushy, and a good olive oil, and then the white truffle on the top, that's all, and I'm telling you, you think you died and went to heaven. That's such a delicious dish. And, of course, the wines of the area, as I said, they're really pioneering. Years ago, the only white wine you could get from the Piedmont was Asti or Gavi. And both nice wine. Asti, of course, is still the most popular wine from the Piedmontese. They sell millions and millions of cases around the world. It's a sparkling wine made from the Moscato grape. <clears throat> and, and Asti is a town in Piedmont, thus the name Osti, and Spamati is sparkling of Osti. So Asti Spamati is the sparkling wine of Asti, and it's made with the Moscato grape. And, of course, it has a wonderful place. It's very sweet, and it's usually served with desserts, and it's quite delicious. But it's unfortunately waning in popularity in the United States because Moscato da which is a little lighter, not quite as heavy as Asti Spamati, has taken the mantle, if you will. And the red wines from the area, of course, I mentioned last week, Barolo, which is the principal uh, type of wine from the area, the wine of king and the king of wine. And the reason was uh, the court was based up in Milan, and the kings of Italy, and Italy's a relatively new country. you know, It was formed in the 1850s. Uh, a a united country, you know, as we know, Italy and the Roman Empire, all that has been around forever. But Italy itself, as a unified country, didn't really happen until the 1850s. And uh, the the crown of Italy was up in Milan, <coughs> and they had Barolo all the time, so it was called the Wine of King and the King of Wines, because it was big, powerful, and it had to be 15, 20 years old before you drank it. Barbaresco is a little more approachable. The principal grape type is Nebbiolo, and I think it's interesting that uh, it comes from the word Nebbia, and that means fog in Italian. And of course, they get lots and lots of fog in the foothills here. Every morning, we had fog that you know burned off by ten thirty or eleven but early in the morning it was very heavy fog, and that, of course, enhances the grape life, that damp moisture in the air, and the Nebbiolo grape obviously likes it, uh, thus the name Nebbiolo Fog Wine, and they produce roughly only about a half a million cases of Barolo a year, and uh, I was very flattered. One of my vendors, who I visited in Italy, told his people there that You know, this man has a company that has the largest selection of Barolo's he's ever seen. Uh, And so the other wine from the area that's kind of neat is Dolcetto. Dolcetto means in Italian little sweet. And Dolcetto is a red wine that reminds me of Beaujolais. It's sort of an Italian Beaujolais. It's light and fruity, a good picnic wine. You know, chill a little bit, uh, it'd be fine but barbaresco barbera d'asti barbera d'alba etc are all the wonderful wines of the piedmontese and uh, as i said it was a fabulous fabulous trip i was happy to spend that time there and see all the wonderful changes that have occurred in the winemaking business uh from the last time i was there you know the 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 new methods are just incredible and the new wineries are incredible uh it, it's amazing what uh, an infusion of money which of course they've had because the wines are popular and and Barolo's a fairly expensive wine you'd be very hard pressed to find many Barolos under $50 and so, but they only, as I said they only make a half a million cases for the whole world demand and almost everybody who is a wine affectionate once in a while wants to try a Barolo because of the reputation and the quality of the wine before I go, Denny, I thought I might touch a little bit. I've had so many questions uh, since I'm back about the fires in California. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, people said, well, how will it affect the crop? Well, it isn't going to affect the crop very much because uh, in Napa Valley, there's about 50,000 acres of vineyards. In Sonoma, there's more about 65,000 and probably less than 5% were affected by fire. And even if they were affected by fire, you know, grapevines go dormant in the winter. They lose all their leaves, and they look dead. If you go to a vineyard in the dead of winter, there's no leaves, and there's just these stumps in the ground. Well, actually, they thrive on their root system. And so even if a vineyard was burned, chances are it might come back. The problem they would run into in California is everything is grafted on American rootstock. In other words, if you're having a Chardonnay uh that Chardonnay grape is grafted on Labrisco, uh, which means Native American wines, not labrusco the wine. But anyhow, on that type of rootstock. And it's so different that once in a while if the roots spring up and the top is dead, uh, they'll get an undesirable grape type has come out of that. So they, they have to dig it up and replant it. But like I say, the most that they could have to do that with would be 5%, and that's assuming that all of it was lost. All right, the tragedy up there is, of course, the loss of life and loss of homes. There are only about five wineries that were severely affected. Many wineries were affected, but in a very minor way. And a more important thing was being without power, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, at these different wineries, that brought in generators, etc. So I think it wouldn't be hard to say that I don't see any price increase coming for wines, and I don't really see uh, the fact of any shortage of wines because most of the harvest was already done when these fires started. There was very, very little grapes in the field that had to be uh, brought in and cultivated. And, of course, uh, we at Haskell's are uh, going to, uh, between now and the end of our fall sale, we will donate 10% of any wines purchased from Napa or Sonoma to the uh, Sonoma Rescue Fund and the Napa Valley uh, Fund as well. And we'll split it up depending on how much people buy. What a great idea. And how much they buy in Napa. And uh, we're hoping that that number is nice and big because we have had friends in the wine business who the vineyard was fine, the winery was fine, but they've lost everything. Their homes have been burned to the ground. And until you see that, I mean, it tears your heart out when you see a friend who's standing before his Beautiful home, and it's nothing but flat ashes, and all you can see is the fireplace. Heartbreaking. Very sad. So uh, if you don't want to contribute yourself, come in, buy a little wine, and we'll contribute for you. Fantastic. That's a great idea, Jack. And uh, briefly, I know we have to run here, but uh, the the, the wineries that we plan on visiting in Sonoma in May, uh, none have been on the list of none. damage. None, Absolutely none. 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 Anyway. Or the hotel, for that matter. So. The hotel is fine, too. And Santa Rosa was hit very, very oh, I hard. should say. The Hyatt there burned to the ground. It is, indeed. But I tell you what, you want to help out and enjoy some wine, get to any one of the Haskell's locations, especially right now, right, Jay? Right now, because we have our big fall sale in full swing. And believe me, we have loads of wines from Napa and Sonoma on sale, and including some Barolos from Italy if you were interested in that, too. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine. If you tell them what you're going to fix for dinner, they'll pick a wine that will go perfectly with it. And best of all, they're going to help you pick a wine that will not break break the bank. It will be very, very affordable. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington. Haskell's in Chanhassen, there's a Haskell's in downtown Excelsior. In, off of 35, you'll find the Haskell's in Faribault. Our super seller in Maple Grove is not to be missed. On Saturdays, there's free parking at the Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis. Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Barrel. can't come into Haskell's, go to haskells.com or go to wcco.com slash wine. Take you right to the Haskell's website where you can peruse our 24-page Fall sale catalog and like I say there's lots and lots of wines from Napa and Sonoma. Buy a few bottles and help those folks out. Especially on kind of a rainy day today. It'd be perfect. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Visit the vineyards of the world, sun shining there <laughs> That's all the time. Right. Jack, <laughs> let's talk next week. Great to have you back, by Good. the way. i look forward to it, Denny. Well, thanks very much. Jack Farrell from Haskell.